The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Welcome to Film Study with Ken McCusick. We got a special episode for you today as we continue our weekly to bi-weekly episodes as we get through the Ravens offseason. The Ravens had some more OTAs. Along with that came some fines and penalties. So we're going to get into that and the fact that the Ravens, I guess, were practicing too hard, violated a CBA agreement, whether they agree with it or not. Uh, it was decided that they violated it and they got penalized so we're going to get ken's thoughts on that right off the bat with the show and then a little 
team won some type of championship in Washington. So we're going to let Ken celebrate about that. Apparently it's a big deal. I don't know. It's They play it on ice. And finally, we're going to get to the heart of today's show. The heart of today's show is a little behind the scenes to the real magic between behind film study, which is the work that his wife Maureen does with him. And Ken and Maureen, every Sunday, basically dedicate their Sunday to breaking down Raven's film and Raven's play. And that's what we're going to talk about. So today's episode is all about Maureen. It's all about behind the scenes and how she helps them. So we're going to get her on the show. Uh, because of that, there were some audio is a little different than what you normally expect from this show. So please forgive us this week about the audio quality. We're going to jump right on in. First off, with the fact that there were lack of OTAs now. They had some OTAs canceled after we had the covered OTAs, what, last week? Right. So OTAs anyway, they happen. You only get three weeks of them. And they had they lost the last two of nine OTAs, including the last one for the media last Thursday. And it's a shame because they got cited and Harbaugh thinks singled out among all teams in terms of uh, allowing certain types of contact in the secondary that were not uh, allowed under the CBA. So anyway, they lost their last two practices, and that's a shame because big opportunity to hone the passing game. And, uh, you know, that's something that the Ravens obviously need to do both on offense and on defense. So uh, it's nice to have that opportunity to, to, to practice coverage. Is this something where a player rats them out? You know, I'm not sure who, who would have ratted them out. I'm not sure if the, if the um, NFL Players Association had people at the practice who might have said something, if they might have asked questions of the individual players or how they might have done it, but uh, but for whatever reason, it got caught. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of these things that I'm sure the Ravens did not intend to do. I think they're very careful about trying to stay within the rules. In fact, there was a case where Jefferson was in coverage, in man coverage, as it turned out, of a player, and there was close to an entanglement risk, and they, uh, they stopped the play. Harbaugh said, you know, I'd rather have him complete the pass than you risk getting entangled with the guy um, in this kind of coverage. So anyway, it's uh, in this kind of practice, I should say. So I think it's something they really try and avoid very hard. All right. Uh, a little later, we're going to talk with uh, and get talk with Garrett about the OTAs and how the players are looking right now. Before that, we're going to talk with Maureen about how she helped you. But here's your time. You're a Caps fan. Uh, I'm jealous on how the Capitals celebrate and how much the players celebrate with the fans is pretty amazing. No one seems to celebrate a championship like hockey players. But, Ken, here you go. You're the Caps fan. Here's your chance. Well, it's it's been a wonderful playoff whirlwind. I, I We were fortunate enough to go to six of the games in this playoff series, including both of the home games for the for the Caps in the, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, just a wonderful experience. The games themselves, very exciting. The Caps had three big come-from-behind come wins during the, during the uh, time. But as great as the series was, this is an absolutely world-class bender that uh, Ovechkin and the rest of the Caps seem to have gone on after this, is, after this has ended. Everywhere where this has, has happened, Ovechkin has been touching the cup and basically, I would say, clasping the cup in a way it does not appear like he ever wants to let the thing go. I hope he takes some of that energy into next season in terms of, of getting his name on the cup a second time. 
but uh, but it's been some hilarious things. He was seen swimming in a fountain without the cup, fortunately. He was seen at the Nationals game. First of all, he threw out the first pitch, and he missed the catcher by a mile. And, of course, we've seen that happen before. It's, it, it happens. You come up short, you go long. Either way, it happens sometimes. Well, Ovechkin wanted a redo, and so they gave him a mulligan. It's one of the only times I've ever seen that happen. Anyway, apparently the second time was, was close enough for government work. Right. And then uh, during the game, he was raising the cup in a left field uh, skybox, and <laughs> just during the middle of an inning, and they wouldn't put him on the jumbotron because the game was in play, and they didn't want to they, they didn't want to miss out. But anyway, well, part of that celebration he was doing with the cup over his head was at Bryce Harper when Bryce Harper hit a home run. Ah, okay, no, so, I didn't catch so, that. So I think that so was think a little, was bit, a little of, bit of against, against Bryce, Harper. Bryce Harper. There you go. Well, that's appropriate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Bryce Harper came out as a Vegas fan, completely inappropriate, but uh, but it is what it is. You know, he's fine to, to root for the home team in his case. Uh, we won't but be playing in Washington. Yep. I did like this morning's photo of a hungover Ovechkin in bed, cuddled up with the with the Stanley Cup. Yes, that that was a great one, and and it, the the thing with him swimming in the fountain is just like these guys have not stopped drinking since they won the Stanley Cup. It's just it's just amazing. Yeah. So anyway, they're having a lot of fun, very well deserved. And I, I look at that as they would be playing a pressure packed Game Six tonight if they had an, had an unbelievable Game Five comeback in Las Vegas uh, on Thursday night. So. They've earned the extra party time. I'm happy they're doing it. I hope they're ready for camp in October or September. Yeah, they again, they celebrate not like any other sports. So, But this is a Ravens podcast. There's probably lots of Baltimore fans who are like me that don't care about the Caps. I know there are a bunch that do care. I don't care. Uh, let's move on to the Ravens. Why don't you introduce Maureen, and we can talk about her roles in film study. Okay, well, the most important role in my life, Maureen, is, is she's my wife and my better half, and uh, we're actually just recently married in January after a, a very long time together, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, we are? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she's here to talk about how she supports the effort and all of the, the data that's collected to, to write the film study pieces and to do the film study podcasts and uh, what her role is in this. Okay, great. Maureen, welcome to Film Study. Thank you. Um, this is an odd position. Like my wife, I drag her to baseball games. She says she enjoys it. She pretends to know what she's talking about, but she doesn't sit here and, and analyze stats and stuff with me. How did you get interested in football? Well, my dad worked two jobs growing up, and the only time he would ever be home on a Saturday would be if Notre Dame was playing football. And um, I, you know, wanted to know who my father was, so I'd watch uh, Notre Dame football games with him. And uh, if he fell asleep, I got to sneak a sip of whiskey, which I rather enjoyed. And it didn't hurt that Joe Montana was the quarterback, and it was a lot of fun games to watch, and they often won. All right, so time with family and then alcohol is what got you in the <laughs> I happen to be Irish. It's a well-worn so, You could have been Russian with that, too, obviously. Yeah, I could have been Russian, but, you know, it was whiskey, so I'm Irish. All right. Uh, what about the Baltimore Ravens? How did you move from Notre Dame cheering for them to becoming a Ravens fan? 
Yeah, so I think it was just genetic. My parents used to go to um, uh, sporting events together before they had three children. And um, when I met Ken, it was the spring of 96, and there wasn't professional football in Baltimore. And uh, he mentioned to me that Baltimore was acquiring a franchise and would I be interested in going to NFL games. And I was like, duh, of course, I want to go. So we got season tickets, and it just kind of went from there. Now you're you're doing the analysts and all with Ken. What does your normal Sunday look like? Because for me, football is kind of I turn on the TV, I watch the, the game. Maybe I'll watch the second game. Maybe Sunday night if it's a good night. You guys are entrenched in this. So how does your Sunday start? Yeah, so I guess it all kind of started because we're both analytic people. And when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, no one, we were the underdog, and it was really because our defense was so great, no one gave us credit. And one of the things about defensive statistics was they were tracking blocks. And depending on which paper you read, you would get a different count for Lewis's blocks. Snaps. Snap. Well, Ray Lewis's blocks for linebackers. And so... Ken developed this way to analyze the defense that really no one else was doing. And because his handwriting is so bad, he needed some help with that. And I just started um, participating in that. And, you know, because I love him, I like to spend time with him, and I like football, so uh, it was just fun. And so our day starts at about noon. Uh, we head to the ball game. We don't participate in tailgaters. We you know, drink soda and water at the game to say stay sober. And one of the things that I do at the game is track who's in the secondary because oftentimes when you watch a game on TV, the safeties and cornerbacks are off screen and you can't tell who's in the play. So I keep track of that at the game. Yeah, that's kind of the nightmare of any kind of participation by play tracking is changes at safety in particular. And Dean Pease went through a year in 2014 where he changed safeties all the time and and fortunately, that's when we went to Maureen scoring the secondary during the game. It's incredibly helpful. Yeah, and it keeps us, uh, keeps the night early <laughs> as opposed to staying up till 2 a.m. You take a big notebook to the game with you? How do you keep track of it while at the game and dealing with drunk fans? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I really just note down the numbers of who the cornerbacks and safeties are, and they're generally about five or six of them. So just one slip of paper, and I'll just uh, put down a distance, and then the quarters, and at the start of each snap, I'll just note who's in the game. And, um, you know, I won't say I'm 100% accurate, but I'm pretty accurate, and uh, he's going to be watching, and if he sees somebody on the sideline that I have in the game, obviously he'll, he knows I'm wrong. Right. She doesn't make more than a like, couple errors per game. It's very, very useful. Uh, that's, that's great that you're keeping track yourself, basically because you don't trust that the newspapers or whatever are going to give you the proper numbers, right? Well, they, they don't have that number in them, okay. Josh. I mean, the, the, this is one of the things. Jeff Syriac now reports the snaps on Monday, but all he's doing is reporting what's in the game book, which is aggregate snaps. What we want is who's in for each play, so I can report how many times do the Ravens play the dime, or the nickel, for example. 
Yeah, as far as yeah. I know, the only other place that keeps track of uh, every play for every player is Pro Football Focus. And they, and they don't give that information. They don't give to that information away. No, right? You got to pay for that data. So what we use is um, NFL Game Book. And even that has some errors. So we're rewatching the game from tape to make sure that our data is accurate. Okay, so what does NFL game book mess up more than anything else, just so we know it? Um, I would say quarterback hits. And a lot of time, it, I would say early on in, in game books, if they just touched a quarterback, they would call it a quarterback hit. But we don't record a quarterback hit until the quarterback actually you know, touches the ground. His knees hit the ground and he falls over. Uh, that's what we define a quarterback hit. Anyway, if anybody's out there and wants to study quarterback hits, make sure you do it on your own. You don't trust the, the game book by itself. Right. All right, so you take the uh, all these data at the game, you go home, you compare it to game book, and then you mentioned you watch the game again? Yeah, so then Ken watches the game. We record on a score sheet, um, uh, down in distance by quarter, uh, play direction yards, and then we list every player that was active for the game. And then I'll record, obviously, what I'd recorded at the game, which is the secondary. And Ken will go back and record the defensive ends and linebackers that are in. And then we'll enter all of that into a spreadsheet and make sure we have 11 players for every play. And if we don't have 11, then Ken will go back and look at those plays and see, you know, maybe we had 10 guys on the field. Maybe we had 12 and we just didn't get flagged. Uh, but we'll go and actually verify that. And hey, then, how long does that take? Um, a couple hours. Yeah, about two hours. Yeah, about and then the two hours. entry of that's pretty fast. It's about 20 minutes. Yeah, we kind of have it down to a science now because we've been doing it for so many years. What do you keep, like an Excel type? Yeah, thing? just an Excel spreadsheet and it auto sums and has some control checks in there to make sure that we have everything. And then we'll try and tie it back to Gamebook as a reference point. All right, so you, now you got the metrics of each player worked out. What do you then do with that? So then Ken's got to write an article on this. So we'll talk about the game and we'll talk about what we think are the key points of the game, something that was unique to set that game apart. Maybe it was a rookie who got some significant playing time. Maybe it was a player who got injured and we had somebody new replacing him that we're not familiar with. Um, or just maybe something spectacular that happened during the game that allowed us to win. So we'll make notes of that. And then as we're scoring the game, um, we'll also make notes of um, defensive pass interferences or um, pass defended and uh, just make note of, of those situations. Gotcha. And one of um, the things that we do is we'll also, kind of weird, but we'll make note of how their arms were covered in the game or how their shoes were if they were taped in a certain way just to make sure that we can identify players because you can't always see their numbers. So that's useful for the opponents in particular okay. to figure out who's beating a lineman, for example. And it helps make sure our data is accurate. Gotcha. Why doesn't Ken do this by himself? Are you better at this? No. <laughs> My handwriting's neater. There's, is a, there's another factor involved is we're both at that age, but I'm more at that age where it's hard to focus from screen to paper, Josh. We and both you, have bifocals. If you, if you go back and forth between those, you're not there yet, so you don't understand. 
but when you, when you go from screen to paper, it's it's hard to record information then go back to the screen. So much easier to just be watching the screen and and kind of talk through what are what are the items you're recording. How late does this go? We started your day at noon, and you've only watched the Ravens. Yep, we and so. At the end of the day, we, he's watched the game now three times. Uh, once at the game, once to note who's playing in the game, and then the third time to do the notes. And I would say my effort is done at about 9 p.m., and then Ken starts writing, and he'll probably finish his article around 4 a.m. Probably not so different than somebody who's writing for the paper. And then on Monday, he's got to publish that article, and I believe you guys do a podcast. Yes. I feel like this is a lot more work than someone that writes for the Baltimore Sun. Yeah. <laughs> so it has a little more technical analysis in it than, than those Sun writers. Right. I know the baseball writers are done about 15 minutes after the game ends. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it's, you know, it's analysis or reporting. It's, it's a little bit different. And I'm not saying it's better or worse. It just, it, it's a little bit different. Their job is to get news out there faster and to be insiders, minus to analyze it. Ken, when that article is done at 4 a.m., do you submit it straight to Derek, or does Maureen go through it first? Uh, you know, that was something we were doing for a while, was having her reread the articles. But honestly, because I want to get it out there so quickly, and now since Twitter is such a big part of promoting that article, I usually do it earlier. And then if I, if I wake up or force myself to wake up at 7.30 or 8 o'clock, I can schedule out my tweets for the day to promote the article. And so you're better than me where if I write, whenever I do have to write something, I need Mandy to basically rewrite the whole thing as she goes through and edits and, and proofs everything for me. She'd yeah, be, I'm not doing that. But you'd be very good at it, huh? Even if I have to write a email for work, if it's long format, I give it to Mandy first and say, go through this for me. Yeah, then we do the podcast on Monday. And at that point, haven't we only gone through the defensive line? That's right. So the offensive line comes Monday night, and we have a, a different set of, of practices we need to go that. In some ways, it's it's a little more work, but Maureen, why don't you yeah, talk about it? Yeah, it's a little bit harder. more work. So we have a different type of score sheet for the offensive line. Um, we start with um, down and distance, play direction yards, and then we'll watch the game again. And this time we'll note the formation before each play, how many wide receivers, tight ends, running backs were on the field, and we're not talking about, you know, what they were hired to do. We're talking about how they were lined up for that specific play. So a good example would be if a running back flexes out wide, he's treated as a wide receiver for that play. Okay. And then we'll note whether or not it was a running play or a pass play. Now, if it's a pass play, pass play we have more information to record. We've got to note set and ship blockers. And then we've got to know, you know, did the quarterback have all day? And we define all day as about three seconds. Uh, what was the pass rush from the other team? And then uh, regardless if it's pass or run, we give a score to each player on the offensive line. So from tackle, left tackle to right tackle, uh, they each get a score. And you start from one, and it goes down from there. So if they missed a block, they get a zero. If they had a penalty, if it's a five-yard penalty, they get minus three. If it's a six-yard penalty, minus six. If it's quarterback hit, minus three. If it's a sack, minus six. And sometimes those uh, uh, quarterback hits and sacks could be shared. If you have more than one person that missed a block or allowed um, 
someone to come through unblocked on a blitz, uh, that potentially could be more than one player that contributed to that. So you, basically all of Sunday was going through defense. Monday you're going through offense. Maureen, don't you have a regular job too? I do. <laughs> I work nine to five. So um, I'll get home from work and we'll feed and walk the dogs, feed ourselves, and generally sit down in front of the TV starting at about 7 p.m. And I'll say it takes a little longer to record the offense um, because there's more to record. And we generally watch each play about one to two times again to make sure we record everything. And one of the things that I'm doing here is making sure, well, if it's a pass play, did we record everything we needed to record on the pass? And then if any player didn't get a one, well, why didn't they get a one? We want to make notes of that so that he's got his information to write his article. I'd say that one of the one of the key things that Maureen is invaluable for is making sure the score sheet is complete. So she has the score sheet in her hand, uh, and I'm I'm kind of reading off the information, and she's giving me information I need in order to know what I have to record. But at the end of this, she's the one who makes sure that we got all the set and chip blockers for a play, or we defined the pass rush accurately, or that we. Uh, correctly noted whether it was ample time and space on a play. And without that, I, I, I'm sure I'd finish with an incomplete score sheet and have a lot of rework time to go back and, and figure out the missing holes. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things is we're going back and getting prior years. We started scoring the offense like 2007. Yeah. And so we're now going back to prior years. And uh, we're, right now we're up to the first year that Ogden was a rookie. No, and last year of Ogden's rookie. Okay, sorry. Oh, was last year? 2006, actually. Okay. And so we're now scoring um, 2006, and one of the interesting things is, um, you know, sometimes I'll see, well, he didn't do a lot on that play, and I keep having to remind Ken, we're not taking away his Hall of Fame ring. We're just talking about how he did on this play. This is a whole lot of work. Ken gets all the credit for it. Do you ever feel like you need to get a byline in his articles? No, I don't write the articles. I don't even read them. <laughs> I shouldn't admit that, but okay. I'm busy. I've got a life. But I like spending time with him. He's my better half, and this is what we enjoy doing together. And, you know, I like football, and I like the Ravens. It's it's sometimes hard on a game where we've lost that I don't want to sit through and, you know, watch a game that was painful to go to the first time. Um, but because we're really just doing analysis sometimes on the losses, it's more... Um, clinical. Yeah, it's more clinical. And then on a game where we won, it's so much fun to rewatch that game and, and really understand and analyze, well, what made us so great that we were able to come away with a win that day. And then final question, when it's not football season, how do you spend your Sundays? Well, lately it's been the Capitals. <laughs> Okay. And I had actually agreed to go to game six, but it's been way more fun watching Twitter and seeing how Ovechkin is uh, enjoying the cup and enjoying his win. And uh, even though we've been sober today, it's been lots of fun watching him. I'm sure if you head down to D.C. later tonight, he'll be at one of multiple bars. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. All right, Maureen, thank you for coming on and filling in those holes of how the Sundays goes, how it all gets put together. Ken, was there anything else we missed that you want to add? No, she did great. She's my she's my better half. She does so much to support this effort. I, I really wanted to do a show like this, which really kind of got at what her work behind the scenes is, because it's prodigious what she puts into this. All right. Thank you, Maureen. Thanks.
At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.